dynamic radio program spotlighting talent in the arts arena with discussions of challenges and advice in making it in the visual, musical, literary, painting, and performing arts. As a unique part of the show, we will interview professional guests, experts in the field of entertainment law, copywriting law, publishing, recording, promoters, communications, and other topics of great importance relative to these highly competitive industries. Life changes can sometimes be very daunting and a psychological challenge to cope with daily responsibilities. Who do we turn to in those crucial moments for help with decisions and clarity? When we need someone to help us to possibly laugh at all the confusion around us and give us some kind of a confirmation that certain things happen for a reason. And when we try to maintain our faith. Our guest today, Arthur Michael Vincent Robinson has experienced these challenges and asked himself these questions. He found his answers in the one who knows all, God. Michael tells you of his fascinating, sometimes tumultuous journey towards grace and second chances. Michael Vincent Robinson's book, titled, U-turn, God turns, reminds us how we all make wrong turns, ignore warning signs, corrupt our lives with moral violations, and the impact these decisions have in your journey. Michael gives us a detailed outline of the method we can all use to deal with tribulations to become stronger and better through the redeeming power of faith. His biography. Michael Vincent Robinson is a gifted writer who is able to aptly capture his deep thoughts from the upper recesses of his mind on paper. He takes you on an intriguing journey that you will warmly experience as he reveals what flows from his heart. His personal friendly style and attitude is infectious, allowing you to feel like you are having a conversation with a trusted friend. Michael developed a love for poetry and writing as a child and continued to express himself through the years. The author's poetry has been featured in church programs, weddings, corporate newsletters, and 
a world of poetry anthology. Not knowing there was a book inside of him, God advised the author of his first book, You Turn, God Turns, while living through one of the most challenging seasons of his life. This journey reveals God's love, grace, power, faithfulness, healing, and a favor among all the wrong turns. Michael, if I can call you Michael, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Andell. I'm so elated and happy to be here. Wonderful. And we're very happy to have you in view of the fact that it is during the Easter season. And it is a time that people begin to think about the new life, the new life we have in God, a resurrection, if you will. So to begin our conversation, the title of your book you turn, God turns. It's very intriguing. What prompted you to write your book? Well, quite honestly, God gave me the book title before I actually started writing it. Uh, I never knew that there was a book inside of me. I actually had moved to the Maryland area out of obedience, and there was so much going on here um, that I could have started the book just from my experiences in Maryland alone, but God said, go back and um, get everything. And I'm like, God, everything? He said, everything. Mm. So uh, thus I went back and started writing different chapters and so forth because um, it was what I was commanded to do and definitely wanted to be sure that he got the glory out of it and that someone else could be blessed and helped and encouraged on their journey. That's fantastic. Okay, so who might benefit from reading about your journey in You Turn, God Turns? I believe the entire world can benefit from this journey. I mean, I really do. In a world where there's a lot of turmoil and unrest, I think this book will give people an opportunity to actually see God, um, His love and His faithfulness and compassion, and in their own situations, and be able to reflect upon those and get back to Him, as well as whatever problems they face on a daily basis, and we do have problems that occur daily, that this will give them encouragement, like a roadmap for their own journey, to be able to be resilient and to be patient and to develop and grow spiritually as well. Absolutely. So you're saying no matter how different we may think we are, we all have some of the same issues and problems in life, life journey, really. Yes, absolutely. Your childhood, when reading your book, seemed to be quite exceptional, I have to say. <laughs> you come from a loving family, you live in a nice neighborhood, all of your siblings became progressive, community, active people, just like yourself. But tell us some of your favorite memories from your childhood? Sure. Some of my favorite memories probably would be the first one is the holidays, like the Christmas holiday, oh, when yeah. um, the, the family would be together and my mom would be cooking and we'd be just enjoying each other and opening our gifts and just fellowshipping and just having so much fun. Um, that's one of the, 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 one of the favorite times I can remember 
um, back in the day where we had this Christmas tree. It was like a silver aluminum tree, and we had a color wheel that turned around so we could see the different colors as it turned, as it spun, as it spun around. So it was like one of those things that stuck out with me. and was like, wow. It's like I always look forward to this, that time of year to see that. Um, that's one of one of my favorite things. One of my other favorite times is when we used to take a drive to the country, to Haskell, Oklahoma, to uh, visit my aunt. And we would have such a great time out there and breathing the fresh air and just running and playing and laughing. And just simple things were just family was together and just bonded um, so very well. Um, one of the other things that sticks out about my childhood is actually um, my schooling, being able to go to schools named after African-Americans, which was really good, Ralph J. Bunch, Marian Anderson, Booker T. Washington. And in my Marian Anderson days, my ninth grade English teacher, um, Mrs. Juanita Hopkins, she made such an indelible impression on me and really stirred up the fire and my love for writing and for getting things correct and it's just amazing. It was just an amazing time. Like in her class, she she treated us as adults and dressed us by Mr. Robinson or Miss Banks, and we were required to just be on time to have our assignments together. And we had pop quizzes. We never knew which where she was going to come from. But the one thing I do want to mention that sticks out even today is the actual final exam. The final exam we had was just one question. It was an oral exam, and we had to pull out of a box of questions. It would be over everything we covered the entire year, and we couldn't pass our class if we didn't answer that question. So mm. we would we would go down. We were in the auditorium. We were seated in the back of the auditorium. Each of us went down and took our turn. She had a tape recorder to tape it, and you talk about nervous. I mean, it was really ner- a nervous experience, but it was great because it really taught us discipline and how to conduct ourselves as young men and young women. Excellent. And you know they're using that type of method in college? Because <laughs> when I was in college, you had to write essays that presented in some of the and that was one of the biggest part of your mark. You know, when you wrote yeah. uh, a thesis or something, you would have to recite it in front of the class. <laughs> so I can understand that part. What we're going yeah. to get into now Michael, is the part of the book called The Boulevard. In that chapter, it introduces introduces the reader to a most challenging period in your life's journey. What does it refer to, and how did you end up there? Now, you can elaborate on these questions so that everyone in the audience can get an idea and relate to them thoroughly. Sure. Yes, I can I can tell you definitely about the boulevard. Let me just set the atmosphere just really quickly about what was going on at the time. Even though I was I grew up in a, a loving family, I mean parents, you know, do have, you know, disagreements and so forth sometimes. So they would argue sometimes. I think maybe it's normal or maybe part of part of the deal. Um mm-hmm. so sometimes I would um it would really hurt me because I would feel responsible responsible for that, uh, even though mm. I wasn't, but I was just still responsible for it. So it would really hurt me. And I would I knew they both loved me, but I didn't I didn't quite understand. I, I guess I wanted to make sense of it all, so I blamed myself, I guess. So in what in that season 
during some of those times I became very vulnerable, and it's important to note that because we have to be aware of our seasons of vulnerability and how the enemy comes in at those times to to introduce you to certain things um, to steer you off your path. What uh, the boulevard refers to is that in my neighborhood that I grew up in, uh, it's it's all about um, same-sex encounters, homosexuality, the gay lifestyle. That's what I was introduced to um, at the age of seven, as a matter of fact. And oh. from that, I'd never been exposed to that before, so it was new, new to me. Um, the person who introduced me to it was um, a little bit older than myself. Uh, it was just something that just kind of happened. Um, uh, part of me knew that it was was wrong, but yet at the same time it was an adventure. Uh, it was it was new, just trying to uh, go with the flow, I guess, so to speak. So that happened and repeatedly happened uh, for a period of time, and until the person who introduced me to it no longer really seemed to be interested, and that ended that portion of it, or so I thought. So I suppressed my feelings and those experiences um, as best as I could. I would continue to live my life and try to excel in school to throw my mind off of it. But what I didn't realize was that in the background, that sections of the boulevard were still being constructed. So trying to feel, trying to feel that 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 experience of trying to try to map over it or color over it. Um, that it was still growing in me. So uh, by the time I reached 14, it came back with a vengeance. And instead of me being like the hunter, I became the hunter. So I began to actually actively seek other persons who were in the same lifestyle. And, of course, that changed the course of my life uh, entirely. How did one prepare that? I love that uh, uh term that you use, seasons of vulnerability, that may not necessarily be the kind that you pertain to. But is there something in your religious thoughtfulness that one can might prepare themselves? Because the other part of this question is, how did you get out of it? And why did you stay? Sure. I, I stayed in there for quite a while. Um, I got out God is so awesome. Even, even in my, in my mess or in that pathway, God was still with me. Although it seemed that there were times that He wasn't with me, those were just the times that I really pulled away from Him because I was. Sometimes I would look in the mirror and I didn't even know who I was. I, I didn't know. But of course, living that lifestyle or living. Whatever you're dealing with, whatever the issue is, any addiction, whatever course it takes its toll on you, and it begins to grow. It's sin. It's going to grow. So what what began to happen is that I began to see um, other things um, happening to people, like the AIDS scare actually came up uh, on that journey. And um, at first, it was random names, people I didn't know, and then it was people that I may have seen or, you know, um, Maybe in the workplace, or maybe even at church, just people that I didn't really weren't really close to. But then there were four of us that were really, really close friends. And, um, we were considered we considered each other as brothers, and it hit our inner circle, HIV, HIV, inner circle. And so within seven mm-hmm. months, I lost 
two of my best friends. And it was so oh. devastating, very, very devastating. And um, the third friend um, ended up, he was HIV positive, and I remained HIV negative. So it was nothing but the grace of God. Of course, I feared for my life. I didn't know which way to turn and didn't want to do that, so I refrained from that um, for a while, as sometimes we do, and say, don't want to do that, and replaced it actually with something else, and it was pornography. So it was just like one thing after the other, but then got right back into it as if I hadn't lost my friends or if I didn't know, you know what the consequences could be. I continued to go in that lifestyle and to to do those things, and at a certain point, I grew tired of it. I thank God for putting something in me that let me know that there was more to my life than just how I, that particular lifestyle. Um, so I began to to wonder uh, what more to life, you know, what was more to life, uh, what what I could do more, or what God had more in store for me. And I began to think and ponder on those things. And, you know, I prayed to God actually several on several occasions to take that away from me. And I didn't know um, that um, I would be delivered. I knew that he could do it, but I was obviously wasn't ready. I mean, because I was comfortable uh-huh. in my sin. I was continuing in it. And believe me, no one else who's in it was talking about getting out. So... So we have that situation going on where I just continued to flow in it, right? So there were things that God God did, and He was actually working, and sometimes I didn't know He was working behind, behind the scenes. So what He began to do was He connected me with, spiritually connected, because I was actually involved in my, in my church and everything, but I was feeling the local church there. I, I felt like I needed more. Spiritually, I didn't have anything against my pastor or anything, but I just needed more spiritually. I needed to grow. So God was setting me up for deliverance, and I didn't even know it, not even then. So I got connected to a pastor um, actually via the Internet, actually, and started worshiping online as God had directed me. And so God, because when I prayed those, prayed the prayer for him to deliver me, I was sincere at the time that I prayed it, but then I forgot about it, you know, and kept right on doing what I was doing. So he heard me, but it's only, you know, his time, and it's not our time. So what he began to do is he began to strip layers of that lifestyle from me, and those desires, certain desires, they they were just being stripped away. Slowly but surely, but he did it. And I'm like, wow, this feels good. You know, it's, it's, it's interesting. So after going through that, so... I wasn't totally delivered, you know, as he was stripping those things from me. So, of course, I would occasionally in, indulge in boulevard activities or same-sex encounters at that time, but I would do it less because he was working on me. I was a work in progress. So, toward the end, toward the end of that of that part of my life, there was there was someone who um, I was interested in and met online, and we met in person. And was um, it was it was another brother. He was he was cool. We 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 met and then we hung out at his place like later that evening. But nothing happened. So I'm like, okay, I, I didn't really think think of it or think much about it then. But the next morning, 
he called me and he said, hey, I've got to tell you that I'm HIV positive. And I'm like, wow. Okay, oh. Lord. And my, I'm like, Lord, thank you. So I was, and, I, and I thanked him for being honest with me. I said, it was nothing but God. I mean, really, as I was talking to him, tears just started rolling down my face. I'm like, this is nobody but God. So we ended our conversation, and then and there, I worshiped God, and I thanked him. I thanked him. I thanked him. I worshiped him for saving my life because I knew without a doubt that he was working on me and that he had something for my life. And so shortly thereafter, he came to me. God spoke to me, and he said, Michael, there's nothing in that life but death and destruction. And he flashed a quick picture of death and destruction that I had seen. Um, the friends of people that I knew that, that lost their lives. And the destruction part is one that really shook me to the core because it was like souls that were burning and never consuming and just dangling in the air. It was, it was something that just blew my mind. After he flashed those pictures, he, then he said to me, that was never my intent from the beginning. And in wow. that moment, in that moment, I was delivered. It was like my body, soul, mind, spirit, everything lined up to his words, and I understood it and, 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 and without any doubt or any challenge. I was delivered. I felt it in my, in my, in my soul and my spirit that I was delivered. I knew that I was delivered. So at that point, um, it was like a, it was a shift. It wasn't like a, it wasn't like it was. It was a shift from mm -hmm. one side to the other. So um, that was something that happened. I was so elated, um, and it was it was different because it had been a while since I seen the, the you know just living life without that attached to it. That portion of the boulevard attached to it. So he told me, you know, at that point that people are not going to believe you. People are going to challenge you. He said, stand fast and stand strong. He said, I'm mm. going to use you as an example of what deliverance looks like. And I think, wow, Lord, thank you. And so there you have it. Oh, excellent. I mean, that is something that a lot of people can really delve into. And the beautiful thing about the way that you express it is, like you said, you take your life journey piece by piece. You have to go through something to find out, like you said. There's nothing in that lifestyle. You said God said that to you. But death and destruction, mm -hmm. that was your calling. I yeah. read the chapter, and I loved it, and the book of that really stand out. So I want to make sure that everybody understands that they need to get this book and read it. The book of that, I know, said, Michael, you took up a benevolent approach and discussing the challenges of one's faith against hateful oppression. Did you harbor any resentment towards the person who introduced you to the boulevard? I'm sorry, can you repeat that? Because I can say you're sounding I think not you, really uh, Somebody, a lot of people introduced you to certain instances in the boulevard. First of all, what you just got out of with the person with HIV, and then I think one occasion was on a job, but you took the benevolent approach, and seeing as though it was challenging your faith again, my question was, did you harbor any hatefulness or resentment toward the person who introduced you to the boulevard? 
Oh no, not at all. Not at all. I don't I don't I don't harbor any any feelings. I look at it as even then the person that introduced me, you know, was someone um who I looked up to. But so we were on good terms. It's just something that just happened. I never harbored any feelings of um any hate or any resentment. Just one of those things, you know, God exercises his will and his permissive will. He allows things to happen. He knows what he's doing. Of course I didn't of course I didn't know anything about that back then. But, you know, looking looking back I can see that. But no, I have I harbor no resentment whatsoever. Um not at all. Okay, great. What we're going to do is take a break here and it'll be just thirty seconds and we'll be right back. Let's get loose. District. Yeah. That, that, that. What up, y'all? I just came yeah. to your city to serve us up. What up? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Show me love. Show me love. Hi. Uh. Hop off the plane to a new show what up? And all the shorties, they be waiting on me Thugs packing they pistols But ain't nobody aiming on me, Not me. Got a pocket full of fresh dough Yo, baby. So you know I gotta bake it, homie bake it for me. And I'm thankful Woo. Get whatever you want for Hi, and welcome And welcome back to Wish Upon a Star We are broadcasting on www bbsradio.com station 2. You can listen to all of our previous broadcasts in the archive link. We welcome comments and suggestions as well at musicradio34 at gmail.com. You can also look for us on iTunes, Facebook, and now we're in syndication. We're going to return back to the questions with our guest today, ladies and gentlemen, Michael Vincent Robinson author of U-Turn, God Turns. Michael, I do not think many people can really imagine having only 10 minutes to live. Please share a bit of your of that particular story with our audience. Sure, I definitely will. Uh, during this time of my life, actually, I was actually in high school, and my senior year, you know, all the excitement that goes behind that, you know, future that's to come and enjoying friends and was around prom time and everything. And everything was really cool and happy, except on, at least on the school front. But my family seemed to be disconnected at, the, at, at that time a little bit, not really not really um, loving each other. The closeness was, was kind of had dwindled for some reason. And I prayed to the Lord, you know, to bring, to bring my family together. And... During that time, I remember having a conversation with one of my sisters, and I was telling her that something is about to happen, but and I didn't know what it was, but it wasn't going to be where someone died, and we, you know, get together for a funeral, and then we go our separate ways, and there's no no bond or anything after that. But I remember telling her probably about a week or two before what ended up happening was that. On prom night, or the more in the wee hours after prom night, I was on my way home, probably not even a mile, a mile and a half from home, and um, the Lord put me in a deep sleep, and I was in the car, and the car went over mm. a little sm- a small bridge. It hit a tree, and it bounced back up underneath 
the, the bridge, and um, there was water underneath there, and no one would have seen me if he or she was passing by on the street. I was down. I was down there, you know. So I remember it being difficult to breathe. I remember trying to open one door and it was stuck. The other door, I stuck my foot out and there was water. Not not a lot of water, but there was water there. So I don't remember. I don't remember getting on from from that from under there to the street. I believe the Lord lifted me because it had to be Him because I had no other way to get out. So I started walking toward home, and um, I remember, like I said, the difficulty in breathing, and I remember saying, in my mind, I was thinking, oh, my dad is going to beat me, because I messed up his car. I was thinking that all at the same time, so about the time I got almost around the corner, maybe a few hundred feet from the house, someone stopped by, I was passing by in the car and recognized me and took me around the corner, so after after that, you know, I've, I've it, it becomes a blur, but when I woke up, I was in ICU at one of the local hospitals there, and um, the doctors had given me only 10 minutes to live at that point. Oh. Well, if that isn't a testimony, I don't know what is, which surely <laughs> yes. indicates how important it is in having a relationship with God. Yes. In that particular vein... How do you define deliverance? I define deliverance as being released from the power of the person, place, or thing that has you bound, quite simply. Mm. That's how I define it. Also, you're saying out of bondage, more or less. That's how you get your deliverance. Yes. Like the situation you were in when you didn't know what particular way you were going to go for the lifestyle that you were having in the boulevard. Do you think that you would be delivered? I mean, did I ever cross your mind? You know, I honestly never really thought about it much because like I said because I was comfortable I was comfortable in my sin and mm. I was saying this is just the way things are going to be you know and had accepted that and of course as I mentioned earlier the people who you're with um, whatever whatever the life for me the lifestyle I was in no one was talking about getting getting out it was we were comfortable and that's what we settled with so I knew that God delivered, and I knew that he could deliver, but I didn't know if I would be delivered. I, I just didn't know. I honestly didn't know. Do you have your book in front of you? Because I think you're at that point where you were on chapter about U-turn. I'd like for you to read a little bit of that if you have the book with you. It's on page 133. 133? Sure. Yes. That's your U-turn. We're talking about you turn and God's turn. So if you could just read a little bit of that, because your voice sounds very pleasant. <laughs> okay. And give us and give our audience just a little taste of how beautiful it is to know when you have been delivered. Sure. You may continue. All right. This is Chapter 24, and it's called The U-Turn. <clears throat> 
with my maturing spirit and closer relationship with the Lord, someone was very upset about it. Yes, the enemy was not a happy camper at all. He saw the changes in me and increased his satanic activity, which normally occurs at the brink of breakthrough. I want to remind you how the Lord was tripping me of my boulevard lifestyle, yet I was a work in progress. My desires were changing, and I did those things a lot less. In my mind, I wanted to leave all of that life behind, but I had just not spoken it. I remember speaking to my friend, Vicki Dennis, and telling her of my desire to get out of the boulevard lifestyle, and she said something very profound to me. Once you decide to walk away from that lifestyle, God has so much he wants to bless you with. He has a much better life for you. I shall never forget her words. In the meantime, while I contemplated the change, the enemy launched his first attack on my mind. He tried to convince me that I needed to stay in the boulevard zone, and after all of the time I had been a participant, I had finally found a person to consistently hang out with, which began to occur less and less. Then the enemy set out to kill me. I met another brother from online and went over to his place. There was tension in the air. However, nothing happened. I did not trip about it because I later learned that God was, that was God's way of covering me. The next day, that brother called me and confessed that he was HIV positive. I thanked him for his honesty and got off the phone, and I thanked God and worshipped him for keeping me shortly thereafter. Okay. Yes. Right. So that's the point where you made the turn where you say you got off the phone and I thank God and worship Him for keeping mm-hmm. me. Yes. So that's your U-turn. I, yes. I think that a lot of people can identify with that, Michael, the part where you're saying a lot of people want, don't want you to get out. They'd like you to be complacent and stay right where you are because it also suits them. If you could right. live your life over again, would you change anything? Honestly, the boulevard lifestyle is not the path that I would have chosen for myself. However, if things were to happen exactly the way they were and I would get to the point to where I am now, then I wouldn't change a thing. Because right now, this deliverance thing <laughs> is is just, I can't even explain it. It is... It's it's freedom. It's 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 um it's it's a new life. It's a it's a it's a new walk. It's peace that I've never ever had like this on this level before to this degree. That's beautiful. So if there is such a deliverance pathway, of course we both know there is. How can one get on it and stay on the deliverance pathway? What would be your advice? My advice would be to really stick close to God, to really, if you don't have a relationship with him, to, to get in a relationship with him, accept him, um, and really read his word, get in his word, stay in his word uh, daily. Um, get somewhere where you're hearing the word because, you know, the word goes forth. It doesn't return void. So it's going to be taking, taking root in you. I would really encourage and really encourage that. Um, also, to really stay on that, you will have to really just be aware, be aware of your seasons of vulnerability, the seasons where you feel vulnerable, because that's when the enemy is lurking to to attack, to send some 
send some things or some people your way. Um, you really have to really have to be aware of those things, of those times, because um, that will help you to to stay delivered. I mean, your deliverance. It's not just you're delivered and okay. You definitely you have to put the work in for certain, but it is well mm. worth it. It is well worth it. Yes. Excellent. We're going to take another short break here, and we will be right back. This is Wish Upon a Star. I'm your host, Andale Banks, and we're broadcasting on www.bbsradio.com, Station 2. You can listen to our previous broadcast in the archive link. We also welcome comments and suggestions at musicradio34 at gmail.com. Look for us on iTunes, Facebook, and we are now in syndication. Our guest today is Mr. Michael Robinson. He is the author of U-Turn, God Turns. And he's been telling us the importance of knowing when to make that turn with God's help. Again, Michael, you just finished elated on this, but if you could just tell us, we know being blessed is a warm and glorious feeling. Describe how you felt when you were delivered, and how I, long has it been? Okay, sure. I felt like a brand new person. It was like almost like opening my eyes for the first time. It was a, a breath of fresh air. I mean, it was something that there was a stirring inside of me that was it was just new. I mean, it was, it was the beginning of spring. I mean, it was the beginning of summer. It was warm. It was, it was colorful. It was, it was God's wind blowing, the Holy Spirit blowing, you know, I could feel his presence just like encamped all about me. It was inside of me. Uh, it's been, I've been delivered now. It's been nine years, nine years. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. It's been nine years. And, I haven't looked back. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Okay, again, you said there were signs and wonders. Signs and wonders are great because a lot of times, like we said in the earlier conversations, that a lot of people ignore the signs because they like what they're doing. Go to page 139, and again, Introduce our audience to the signs and wonders that you had, that you knew it was time to change. That's on page 139, your chapter 26, Signs and Wonders Throughway. When I read it, I could recognize some of it. Okay. You want me to read part of it or just tell about them? Yes. I want the three steps. I think you said there were signs. There were three signs that you actually had. And the first one was 
when you were doing an online worship with Dr. Jamal Bryant. Because we've got the time for part of the book to be read to the audience. Okay. You want me to read that paragraph or just talk about yes. that? Okay, you can sure. read it. Mm-hmm. Great. Okay, it's chapter 26, Signs and Wonders Throughway. During the time of my continued online worship with Dr. Jamal Bryan at Empowerment Temple in 2008, the Lord showed himself strong to me in a few signs and wonders. It just so happened that my connection to that ministry grew deeper, and some signs and wonders began to manifest before my senses. I'm sorry. The first sign. Okay, the first sign and wonder that occurred in my then evil spirit bedroom was the sound of the Lord's voice speaking from the heavens through some mighty rushing waters like Niagara Falls, and his voice was powerful, clear, and peaceful. He brought a message of life from heaven through the rushing waters. I had never heard his voice projecting that sound ever in my life. For the second sign and wonder, the Lord illuminated the top doorpost entrance to my bedroom. It was the purest light that I had only recalled seeing when he raised me up to the street after my near-fatal car accident when he shined his light on me. There was such a peace in my room, he let me know that he was with me and protecting me and let me know that I was on the right path. The third sign and wonder, the most profound one, used the rushing waters again. I was awakened by the rushing waters, and when I opened my eyes, Near the entrance to my bedroom, to my amazement, was the outline of a person in a gold image. It was like an angel in heavenly beauty. Unsure of the image at first, I took a closer look and recognized it to be my mother. I called out to her, Mama, this was wonderful because she was in Oklahoma and I was in Texas at the time. God transported her to my bedroom in the spirit realm. That act of God was very peaceful and like none other that I had experienced in my lifetime. When I later talked with my mother, she said that she heard me call out to her and I was done. (laughs) Wow, I'm getting goosebumps just recalling that experience. Oh, God is an awesome God. That's beautiful. And like I said, I wanted you to read that because I had some traumatic experience in my life. My son just passed last year. And I knew God came and spoke to me and said, Andel, if I let him and don't take him with me, he will be nothing but a vegetable. And I know he did not want that. So don't worry, I'll take care of him. And he took him. He had bleeding on the brain. And just like that paragraph says, God came to me and he said, I'm taking him because I know you don't want to. And he does not want to suffer for the rest of his life, you know, in a vegetable state. So I could identify with that, God coming to you and telling you these are the signs. And now what he's done, Michael, my son has come, and he has sent me signs that tell me that he's watching over me. With the last project that we did together, I went and got a job. And that was the last project that we did together. So I can identify with that very much, how blessed it is that you have faith and the feeling that God is always with you. We're going to talk about now your writing process. 
And what did you really want to achieve in writing this book, U-Turn, God's Turn? The writing process is interesting. Uh, of course, uh, I've, I've written like poetry and lyrics like for years and never knew about the book per se and never knew that I could even uh, put together a book. But for me, I, I started actually the chapter with the, uh, concerning the accident. I started there first because that was the most profound thing. And what God did for me was as I was writing, you know, the Holy Spirit was guiding me and he put me like right there in that time as if it was actually happening right before my eyes. So it, w- it was really interesting how that happened. I wrote it in different sections and then I started writing. I jumped and I wrote to what was currently going on at the time. And anything that was uh, I didn't want to deal with or anything that was that may have been painful, I kind of saved that for last, but I wanted to get something that I was really familiar with done first. So therefore, I feel a sense of accomplishment and know that I could go on and move forward in that. But in, in writing this, I want to uh, want, of course, to give God the glory so that the light will be shined on him so people can get a glimpse of him, how patient he is with us, how he loves us, how he cares for us, and how he watches over us. Um, give people hope that um, in this dark world, there's always hope for, for his or her situation. Um, also, to give people a roadmap to inspire people that um, to be resilient, no matter what life comes, what comes in your life, you can definitely overcome. You can you can be a conqueror of those things. Um, that's something that I wanted to do. I wanted to just be an inspiration to people, give them something good. With so much negativity out there, I wanted to give them something good that they can even refer back to for many years to come. Something solid, something that they could share with others who may be going through. Um, I believe the way it's written is that any person can put his or her situation in the boulevard, and their boulevard may be something else totally different. Mm-hmm. But they can still see there's a way out. Excellent. In writing a book and then trying to get it published, I've had several authors on the show did you counter, encounter any obstacles, or let's say delays, the book writing, even in the oh, publishing part of it? Yes. Yeah, I, I did. I can definitely tell you I did. The writing process is easy for me because it's something that I love to do. I can write all day. I don't write every mm-hmm. day, but I can write all day. It comes really quite naturally for me. The other pieces I, I had to learn, um, I wanted something that I could could own, number one. So I wanted to self-publish because at the time I didn't have I didn't have any resources or finances to be able to go the traditional publishing route. Because actually when the book was birthed, I was in the middle of a season of unemployment. I was like in a, I had been unemployed for two years. <laughs> That's when the book was birthed. So I think I, it's interesting how God births things in, in certain situations. But I, I just stayed at it. I started like with an outline, but outlines is, is different chapters, and the names just started coming to me. God just started giving them to me when He was when He gave me the title. It was like getting the. I said that's 
dealing when you think U-turn, God-turn, U-turn, you're thinking in a car. You're driving and you see the U-turn sign and you make that U-turn. So I kind of geared the chapters toward like they end in street or avenue or way or throughway. Um, did that and that was really great for me. Uh, the, as far as seeking a publisher, it was quite interesting that one day in my email, I had mm-hmm. a Christian publisher that had reached out to me. I said, this is ordained by God. It's got to be. So I called oh. I called you. I, I called them and discussed what, you know, as far as options and so forth and packaging. Didn't have the finances. And, you know, I'm crazy sometimes. I, I'll walk out on faith and I'm like, God, is this for me? It's got to be, you know. So I prayed for it and he said, move forward. So I set up a payment plan, got through the process. So I did all of the... Um, the writing, the editing, um, I did myself. Um, but turning it into them, I wanted to wanted it to be done by a certain time, and of course it wasn't done. I was getting a little bit frustrated, but stayed on course. I think it's important for people to just be patient during the process because God may not want it to be at a certain time. We may want, we may push for something, and He may have something else in mind as far as the time for its release. So um, yes, there were there were there were deadlines. Um, that were missed that, um, that I set for myself, but just reconcile, you know, with the publisher and dealing with them. We just, you just have to stay on top of everything. You have to know what you want, uh, and just be very patient and, um, it will all pay off in the end. Um, any, anything as far as the cover design, I'm not really a graphic designer like that, but what was interesting was that I submitted when I submitted everything to the publisher, actually the publisher kind of connected the cover to what I to the content, and I thought it was a great match. I said that's God ordained because I, I really loved it when I when I saw it. So, oh, okay. Um, yeah, and I would say for people self publishing, um, that's the route. Just stay on it and just educate yourself on what's out there. Um, I, I found myself listening to different webinars. Of course, everyone is selling something. That doesn't mean you have to buy it, but they will sometimes give you tips on, on what right. you do or what you can do, and, and I think that's very helpful as well. Oh, excellent. Now, what do you like best in writing? So we know you have the book, but you said you did poetry. So what do you favor? Do you favor writing your poetry more so than trying to really tackle a stressful writing a book? Well, I actually, I like both. Um, I actually like both. Now that I know that I can put a book together, <laughs> I, it really wasn't stressful for me. It was just not knowing where the finances were going to come to get it seen through, but God opened doors. Uh, the poetry I love because I can I I have hundreds of poems somewhere. <laughs> I think they're in storage for most for the most part. But I have plans to bring them to life because I I want to do that and, and also um just to, to reach out to people in different different venues. I think that um I I express myself well both in poetry and the book form as well. Excellent. Lots of times, well, sometimes when I do motivational speaking, I tell people that everybody has a book in them. (laughs) So on another note, can you give our audience some of your suggestions who might want to just start writing a book? What should they do maybe step by step? 
I would say first and foremost is to whatever you set out to write, do it from the heart. It makes mm. the process so much easier if it's from the heart. You, that way, it's no, it doesn't add stress into what you're going to do. Um, if you write from the heart, then of course you're going to have something to say. So I would, I would say, just start writing like ideas or things that you would want to say to someone or who to your reader. It may just be just notes or just take notes. If it's you know if it's going to be nonfiction, a true story, of course, you may want to do it chronologically or however um, to do that. Then uh, start. Seeing, looking at the ideas in which you have written and kind of organize those in a way that how you may want those to flow. I mean, as far as um, some, a lot of times in the writing itself, you can get your ideas for like chapter names just in the content that you may start writing. And even if you don't start like immediately, uh, at least you have an outline or have some notes that you would, that you can you can refer back to, and you may not even like. You may look at it a few days and then come back and may not even like it. But I would say hold on to that, and you know something else may spring from that. But I would say do that. Um, if you're not good at editing, get yourself a great editor. Um, we there are online tools now where you can get uh, help with like punctuation, like even in in word and you know in spelling and so forth. Um, it's important to do to do that to make sure you're that you have the best work that you can put out. Um, from I know that that would be a great thing to do. I would say find a publisher if you want to self-publish or a method that's going to fit your budget. Um, there's no need to break the bank per se, but you may want to try something small and then work out work from there. Um, something that you really like. It's coming from the heart. It's going to be something that you like. So it's going to be really, it'll make it a lot easier um, just to continue to move forward and just be aware of stumbling blocks because life, life is going to happen and you're going to run into some things where it may slow you down or delay you, but just know that you're on a mission and continue on that journey no matter what until you complete it. Great. Is there such a thing as writing style? And if so, do you have a writing style? And what is a writing style? I think a writing writing style is really an extension of your personality. I mean, that's the way I look at it. And my writing style is very friendly, very down-to-earth, very conversational, very warm, very inviting. It's like you're talking, like I said, that's a trusted friend. Um, and that's and that's my style of writing. So when you're reading it, it's actually like having a conversation. It's, it's, it flows. And that's my style. Great. What we're going to do, Michael, is when we come back, I want you to let us know what space for Michael and also where we can get your book. So we're going to come back in about 30 seconds.
Hi, and welcome back. This is Andell Banks, your host of Wish Upon a Star. And we're broadcasting on www.bbsradio.com, Station 2. Listen to our previous broadcast in the archive link. We also welcome comments and suggestions at musicradio34 at gmail.com. Look for us on iTunes, Facebook, and in syndication. We're returning to our guest, Mr. Michael Vincent Robinson, author of U-Turn, God's Turn. Michael, tell us, what's in store next? Are there any forthcoming projects that you have planned? Yes, actually, I am responsible for six more book titles, or six more books that God has given me. So I'm working on those, um, doing some editing. Um, I have a friend of mine who has some excellent short stories um, that um, it's going to bless a lot of people. Uh, actually, I want to, I would love to turn the book into a movie, have it, see it become a movie. Mm. Um, that's something that I'm considering. But other than that, I, w- I want to just do more writing to help other people to... Um, get their craft or to um, make perfect or make good or edit, help them with the editing process so they can have the best projects that they can have. I want to do more of that as well. Excellent. I love the front of your book. Is that your motto or do you have a motto or some type of logo or symbol you use all the time? I have one that I... I have one that I adapted, and it's um, the symbol is like the the dove carrying the olive branch, and it's a, it's a circle um, around okay. it. But it says my name, um, Michael Vincent Robinson, and the what I use is world impact, love, kindness, and inspiration. And I got that actually from from Proverbs sixteen and twenty four that says, "Gracious words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones." Oh, that's beautiful. Okay, where can we get, let our audience know, where we can actually get your book? The book is available at Amazon.com. It's available at BarnesandNoble.com. You can get it at U-TurnGodTurns.com or MichaelVincentRobinson.com. BookDaily, BookDaily.com. It's also available and um, those places, you can definitely get it. You can There are reviews out there on it. Uh, of course, on Amazon, you can take a peek on the inside, but be sure to uh, go to these places and familiar, familiarize yourself with it. Um, know that it's going to bless you and bless your journey. I can attest to that in the portions that I have read. You can also get it on Kindle as well. Michael? It has been absolutely fantastic. And like I said, during this time of the season, when life is anew, people need to start thinking about the things that you would say. How is your life? Make some checkpoints. Do you need to change? So what would be your parting words for them? My parting words would be that everybody is, is up for a redemption, a redemption story, you know, Anybody can be redeemed from anything if it's truly your heart's desire. 
if your heart's desire, if it is your heart's desire, you can be redeemed. And just remember Christ for this redemption season. He's the, he has the greatest redemption story ever. And um, just be blessed. Be blessed and know that you can make it no matter what. Keep the faith. Don't give up. Beautiful. That's absolutely beautiful. Thanks so much. And, of course, we're going to keep in touch for anything else that you might be coming up so that you can come on the show. I want to say thank you again from the bottom of our hearts for your support to Wish Upon a Star. And have a great evening. Thanks. I'll be right back, ladies and gentlemen, to sign off. Our guest has been Michael Vincent Robinson, author of U-Turn, God Turn. We should be back in 30 seconds. This is Andell Banks, your host of Wish Upon a Star. Again, we want to thank you for your support for listening to the broadcast on www.bbsradio.com station 2. We welcome comments and suggestions at musicradio34 at gmail.com. Look for us on iTunes, Facebook, and in syndication. Again, this is Andell, your host, and Denise Banks, your coordinator, saying, keep reaching for the stars.